You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. Why can't they pod just like everybody else? What kind of question is that? Magpod for life. 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 Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents Pods from the Penalty Box, a nostalgic sampling of skate punk albums from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Join us in the pit. I'm Andrew. I'm John. And this is our podcast. Oh, man. That was the first (laughs) time I've heard that, and it was incredible. Well done, my friend. Thank you. For those who you can figure this out, we are doing value pack, doing a run run of three albums because that's all they got for us. Mm. Um, So we will be getting into them a little later. We got Jay's Theology Corner Mm. back on the pod. Uh, But we also, I got a little white claw john Ooh, refreshing i've never had a white claw in my life really wow this is exciting hard seltzer exclusive content here what flavor you got bro you know i got that mango Ooh, baby mango fied pod mango fied pod it's happening we we do need to do what 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 was the name of the the sparkling water uh well the the bracket that somebody the bracket oh, name uh parched something with parched yeah parched uh, parched madness was that it parched madness yeah yeah that was great um so, <laughs> you started a spreadsheet this is gonna be great <laughs> yeah we got a, a we got the the top brands and the sparkling water game yeah um i mean white claw is not technically on that list but um sure but still i got that uh that i got a that variety pack and i'm like the first thing i'm like i need to i need to get that mango yeah you gotta hear that live reaction yeah uh i ooh, too this, this smells outstanding Ooh, white claw i mean there's a reason everybody knows them they right. uh they rock a good hard seltzer game uh andrew's taking a sip letting it settle on the old palate mm. you think all right yeah i mean it's um it's they're what are they five percent if they're that not, yeah <laughs> they're not they're not super no boozy but it's got a little bit of a little bit of that alcohol flavor got that mango flavor not too sweet which i appreciate yes. yeah um, only two grams of added sugar mm. in the can which uh when i think of um sparkling water i don't want it to be sweet so yeah, right. I think this strikes a good balance. Agreed. I too have a citrusy boozy drink. I have Ooh. a pineapple guppy revolution Ooh. brewing pale ale with pineapple. So I think that qualifies as a weird beer. Dude, where are you getting the revolution stuff? They have it in stores all over here. I mean, oh God, you know, <laughs> do you know, do you know what my brain just did? You forgot where you lived. <laughs> I forgot where, where I you lived. lived. Yeah. <laughs> You've been gone too long, baby. Oh man, John, we Oh my god. Yeah, I haven't been I haven't been in the state since like July of 2019. So yeah, that's pretty wild. 
Uh, also, I misspoke. This is not a revolution. This is a Pipeworks, but... Oh, Pipeworks. I feel like Gen- these are like the two that I drink, and I always get them confused when I'm drinking them on the pod, so... Pipeworks is also outstanding. Everything they do is great, uh, including Pineapple Guppy, which for those of you who are like, ugh, pineapple, very subtle. It's a nice, nice drink, so... Yeah, and also the Pipeworks cans are legit. They, they are. The artwork, all their art is cool. Yeah. All their art is super, super cool. Uh, you can... I, I have had... I'm pretty sure I've had Alpha King, not Alpha King, mm. Lizard King. Right, right, right. L- Lizard King is the is the Pipeworks answer to the Three Floyds Alpha King. Yes, exactly. Both tasty. Both very good. Um, yeah, I'm I'm uh, this mango White Claw. Good. I could see myself throwing back a number of these mm. on a hot summer day, hanging in my backyard. Yeah, man. Chilling. Sounds great. But John, there's something else we need to address. Um, so we, you know, have uh, declared many times that obviously we're Starburst fans, but they want nothing to do with us. It would seem. Uh, heartbreaking news this week is, as uh, Mamba shared the same, yeah, <laughs> the same conclusion with us. Exactly. So our our boy Jason in in LA tried to throw us, you know, some support on yeah. on Twitter because he went out and he bought some Mamba Tropics in solidarity with us. He's <laughs> like right. he's like I'm done with Starburst. <laughs> We're going Mamba. We're mm-hmm. going to the and and I'm like, man, I haven't had a Mamba in a minute. Truly. But I was looking at the, f- the flavors that they had. Um, peach, passion fruit, pineapple, coconut, apple, kiwi, mango, orange. Wow. Those are the, in the Mamba Tropics uh, chews. And, and so Mamba responded to uh, Jason and said, so glad you love our Mamba Tropics. And... <laughs> Uh, and so Jason's like, uh, he said, yes, I do. How about hooking the boys up the boys from magnified pod with some of your wonderful products. They will rave about your delicious candies on their podcast. And, um, and they replied, we really appreciate your support. We don't currently have any sponsorship deals for podcasts, but we will definitely keep you in mind for the future. We could be, we could be your entree into a whole new marketing right? portfolio right candy yeah. companies you know like this is what i'm saying people people are tired of yes we have you know you've got your audible you got your meundies you got all your their typical stuff you know zip recruiter everybody's tired of hearing those where's I'm writing those all down to to send them <laughs> yeah <laughs> Asks, hey, by the way. Hey, look, look look we will sponsor that stuff yes we are for sale we are for sale. <laughs> but what i'm saying is when was the last time you turned on a podcast and you had people mm. hawking some delicious tropical candy never yeah. happened and when was the last time anybody thought about mamba you got to get in that pod game mamba i was saying mamba fied pod i was all ready to yeah right start a movement yeah we'll be like yeah what's up uh mamba number five (laughs) a little little bit of orange mango 
in, in yeah, a little in, bit in of your... dogwood in your season <laughs> a little bit of slick shoes all i need anyway this writes itself um so but all that to say i was at trader joe's today and we had a controversy of sorts that dr jen mandigo <laughs> yeah guest in friend of the pod patreon punk yes she made the assertion that the Scandinavian swimmers sours are better than Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, I said that was false. <laughs> um, and so I had to pick up a bag of yeah. the super sour Scandinavian swimmers. Now, I should say, so these are a sour version of essentially Swedish fish, uh, Trader Joe's Swedish fish. And I think I'm just not... I'm not a big fan of Swedish fish. I think they're like too sweet or something. So the only flavor from their Swedish fish and from their sour Swedish fish that I really like is the green. Um, But my wife also loves um, Swedish fish. And so she also says that the sour swimmers are better than Sour Patch Kids. Now, fascinating. I'll be curious to hear what you think. I think I just think the flavors of Sour Patch Kids are better, but I'm sure it's subjective. Um, all right, so we got what do we got here? We have um, starfish, seashells, tangfish, and dolphins. Sure. Uh, I don't know what a tangfish is. All right. All right. So basically, it looks like what we we have is green, red, orange, and pink. Mm-hmm. So you said the you like the green the most. Green's my favorite. Just like with uh, starburst sours, I was a I was a watermelon warrior. Uh, I don't think green is watermelon for these guys, but I'm a green guy in both cases. Thoughts? Mm. That is quite good. The green. Yeah. Yeah. It was very good. I don't. Yeah. It's hard to tell. <laughs> it's sort of like um, fruit flavor. It's, <laughs> right, yeah. it's sort of hard to tell what the green was supposed to be because. Yeah. It didn't particularly taste like apple or watermelon no. or whatever it's supposed to be. Yeah. Purple is a fruit. <laughs> uh, I'm looking up these flavor profiles here. While you, I will say while you continue. The red. Also very good. Yeah. All right. Better than Sour Patch Kids? It's, you know, here's what Apples I'll say. Apples and about, oranges. Here's what I'll say about Sour Patch Kids. Um, I feel like they have, I feel like the Sour Patch Kids have like maybe malic acid or mm. something that is just a little bit stronger mm-hmm. because these have citric acid, which is like what's supposed to be like the the sour part. But But I feel like, I feel like when I eat Sour Patch Kids, they sort of like, they're sort of they feel sort of like caustic to my mouth sure you know, you know yeah. i think like the roof of your mouth starts to feel yeah, like yeah. it's getting a little bit like shredded up yes you have to kind of commit to it um now i'm seeing here that the color is actually blue uh which maybe i'm colorblind that looks green to me it does look um, green to me but uh it says the red lobster is berry generic berry flavor the blue dolphin is huckleberry uh, fascinating. 
the yellow seahorse is mango peach and the orange rockfish is orange so i don't Wait, know what was the the seahorse was what uh mango mango peach it tastes like orange to me hmm. but here's what i'll say the um whatever the blue one was yeah was the best yes agreed yeah huckleberry it was very good. I um, um, yeah, the orange one is 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 fine, and um, and the pink one was good too. But the the red and the uh the red and the green ones, whichever yeah. those were. Very. Uh, okay, uh, wait. There's a slight variation on the sour versus none. So this sour, red berry starfish. Yes. Huckleberry dolphin. Okay. Orange tangfish, yes. strawberry yes. clamshell. Yes. There so that's go. what I was like. That's what I was saying. Like it tasted more orange to me. Right. Right. Uh, and that one was like your t- typical. Yeah. It, was, it tastes like orange. Yeah. So the worst. So are you are you coming down on the sour swimmers side? I'm not, I don't I don't feel the need to. All right, fine. Make a distinction like that one is better than the other, um, but I will say um they are very good i yeah. i do like these more than the starburst sours oh fascinating yeah. i don't know if i agree with that well it's uh i i do like the the consistency of these more yeah that's fair um well trader joe sponsor us please um yep. More Huckleberry flavored candies, please. Um, if if somebody gave me a Huckleberry in a blind taste test, there's not well, a chance in hell I would ever guess. I don't even know what a Huckleberry. Have you ever had a Huckleberry? Like just like like picked it off a bush? Does it does it grow on a bush? I don't even know how Huckleberries grow. I'm assuming it's a bush. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the other ways that it could possibly. <laughs> yeah, like a, a vine. Yeah, a huckle, a huckleberry. A huckle monster lays them or something. Um, <laughs> you just crack the huckle monster eggs, and they, you yeah. know, the huckleberries come out. I don't. It's, I can't it's sort of fish. like a. It's it's sort of, it's sort of like a fish when you you, scre- you squeeze out the fish eggs. Gosh. Gross. <laughs> um, I I I feel like I have had one at some point, or like huckleberry jam or something. I think they basically look like grapes. Um, oh really? Like grape blueberry thingies. I would so. have assumed. I would have assumed they would have looked like a like a raspberry or yeah. a blackberry, some other some order mm-hmm. some other lumpy berry. Sure. Get at us with your lumpy berry thoughts uh, by using the hashtag lumpyberry. <laughs> let us know what you think. Let, let us know. Let us know uh, what other berries are lumpy. Mm. Maybe we're we, maybe we're leaving out some of the other obvious lumpy berries. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, that note, we um, we have some voicemails. Hey. Let's let's check some of those. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763, 8727-MAGPOD. Um, so this week, as we said, we are going to be talking about um, Value Pack mm-hmm. for the next three weeks, actually. Yep. And what better person to kind of jumpstart this than our boy Jason from Unoriginal Vinyl with some more 
Interesting History. It's time for Interesting History with Unoriginal Vinyl, Value Pack Edition. Value Pack started as a band called One by One. When they found out that there was already a band from Southern California that predated them in the 80s and 90s, also called One by One, they decided to change their name to One by, like, see you later, One. And they went around uh, the Southern California show circuit, mostly being promoted by this guy, Brandon Jones, who runs the site Indie Vision. Uh, and Brandon's the best ever. So great shout out to Brandon. Anyways, one by one didn't last, uh, according to that namesake. And then they changed their name to Value Pack. So this is the history of the band who loved to change names before they got signed to Tooth and Nail. I saw Value Pack a lot of times back in the day, including my first punk rock show with 90 Pub West and MXPX. I also saw them play with Animal Chin, who later Whoa. became The Stereo, yes. who's been referenced oftentimes on the Magnified podcast. The Stereo used to be Animal Chin. I also saw them with Link 80. Uh, Link 80 singer Nick most famously died very young, but more importantly was the son of Anne Rice, author what? of Interview with a Vampire. <laughs> Would have known that about Link 80. Uh, we didn't talk about that when I met Nick back in those days, uh, long before they were anything. The Hippos also played that show. I saw yeah. Value Pack during the Jalapeno era a few times. I saw them during the Incognito era a few times. And they were impressive live for a three-piece, albeit arrogant, a little snooty, and a generally unpleasant, unfriendly chaps, as I recall. That's wow. the story of value pack slash one by one slash one by one. Value pack called out. Called out, bus tossed. Wow. Um, so, yeah, one by one. <laughs> is a terrible <laughs> band name that sounds like a fake boy band name from like a comedy sketch or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, do you remember that conan sketch from back in the day when he tried to do his uh the, the whole making the band thing dudes aplenty <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so good yeah if, if if you guys haven't seen you can like look up on youtube i'm pretty sure uh, dude dudes aplenty uh, yeah. Dudes with a Z. That sounds right. Um, Wonderful. And Conan is uh, like giving them all their names and their identity, like there's their personas and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then they they write a song together, and it's outstanding. So I won't I won't say anymore. But everybody look up Dudes of Plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you what do you think about? Uh, what do you think about the name value pack as a, as a, a also value pack spelled incorrectly uh, right. with the, the pack part? What do you think about that as a band name? Uh, not my favorite ever. <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading similarly to the one by one thing that I think at first they were called value pack with a K, but that too was copyright. <laughs> so they changed it to value pack with a C. Uh, fine. I will say these days, if you're Googling anything with like value pack, you get a lot of like packs, like political action committees. Right. Um, yeah. Cause they use values a lot in their language. So 
perhaps they would have been uh, they could have stood the test of time and had more easily Googleable results if they stuck around. But um, no, I don't know. I uh, not not one of my favorite band names. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I mean, I I haven't really thought about the um, the band names so much as I have like thought about the album covers that they've done, which I think I have been pretty strong. Like I think the their first two albums yeah. have have pretty striking covers and Get the cartoon faces on the self-titled. Yeah. Get some luchador masks on the second one. Yeah, I do I do really like the the artwork of the second album, but um with the exception of the you know Microsoft Word sort of font, you know, the it just it just looks pretty cheaply done but indeed i do i do like the luchador uh yeah. situation but anyway um you know let's go to let's go to our other other jason jason from la because he's gonna he's going to explain a little bit more about his starburst mamba because <laughs> I, th- I think we asked him for a review so uh-huh. Yo, what's up, guys? It's Jason out here in L.A. Uh, as I'm eating this, and, and as I'm eating this, as I'm doing this, I'm eating Mamba candy. Mm. Much better than Starburst. Mm. Uh, getting my review on it. Uh, they have different flavors, but eating the uh, coconut pineapple. Mm. Very delicious. If you like pina coladas, you will like this candy. <laughs> if you like So you guys probably saw all the tweets I put out on uh, yes. Twitter about Starburst and Mamba seems like we uh, we've caused a war. Uh, don't know what's going on with that, but uh, trying to get you guys hooked up with some Mamba candy. Uh, far far superior than Starburst, uh, but uh, kind of fun doing that. But uh, also wanted to mention you guys mentioned Frankie Muniz. Uh, kind of sad story on him. Uh, I don't know if you guys know. Uh, he recently, he, some years back, he had some uh, type of attack. I can't pronounce the medical condition he had but he does not remember anything about malcolm in the middle it's kind of sad to oh, hear wow. that uh, that was always a fun show to watch i used to love the opening watching uh the part when bret hart putting someone in a sharpshooter but frankie muniz yeah uh, uh being a la clippers fan back in the day he was like our only celebrity clippers fan him and penny marshall but uh yeah he uh sad story to hear that he pretty much forgot his memory loss of all the movies he did, TV shows he did. So uh, thank you guys for everything you do. Uh, looking forward to the next season. And uh, MagPod for life. Thanks, buddy. Respect that hustle. Um, yeah, we got to – I might need to do a follow-up tweet to Mamba and be like, look, get it on the ground floor, guys. <laughs> like, if – I don't know any candy brands supporting podcasts, but – Right. Uh, I mean, if like honestly, if they if they're like, yeah, you, this is an exclusive deal <laughs> where you can only talk about Mamba candy from now on, I'd be like, <laughs> fine, fine, send us some Mamba swag, you know? Yeah, man, I'll we'll, wear a we'll, nice we'll, Mamba we'll... jacket. <laughs> yeah, I want I want a Mamba <laughs> starter jacket. Oh, that like sounds the, dope. Like this is 1993 or something. Oh yeah, Just, you know, it's got a 
It's got like, it says like, you know, a pineapple coconut down one sleeve, yeah. mango orange down the other. On the back, it's got like <laughs> a whole like cornucopia of like baskets of fruit or something. Sounds great. I'd be, I'd be into that. I mean, to our point, like when Jason was describing the, the pina colada coconut candies, I was like, I got to try this thing. So the, the ad that he just did over our voicemail was effective. So right. I think this would be effective. Um, my main relationship with Mambas is they were like the candy that was available in my uh, high school uh, mm. growing up, like in the uh, cafeteria or maybe it was junior high. Um, but Mambas were like the, the big, the currency. If you had Mambas, it was like a big deal. <laughs> uh, that was like the exclusive candy. What you, you got, man? What you got? What you got? Some orange mango? You got some, uh, you bro, got some you pine- coconut pineapple. Coconut, bro. They also uh, had a big yeah. bopper uh, cookie ice cream sandwiches, which those were the best. And, you know, I'll tell you this. When I was in uh, elementary school, middle school, Going to the Arlington Heights uh, sort of park district swimming pool mm-hmm. and walking by that, that the ice cream case. Oof. And you got, you know, you've been, it's a hot day, you've been swimming. Mm. You mm. see like one of those ice cream cookie sandwiches, man. Hell yeah. Uh, that, like, th- that's sort of what is burned into my mind. Like, those, the cookie sandwiches, like, instantly <laughs> takes me back to childhood. Yeah. Are those, uh, those popsicles with, like, the real fruit in them? I remember getting, like, uh, lime ones after swimming. That was the best. Um, and, uh, Frankie Muniz. Yeah. I do remember hearing that. that I he, totally, like... I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Like, now that after he mentioned it, I, d- I did. It's a, called what he had was called a transient ischemic attack which is more commonly known as a mini stroke wow and and this happened when he was 26 yeah that's wild um and then he suffered a second one about a year later and and then it was uh so those were 2012 and 2013. And then he revealed on Dancing with the Stars in 2017 that he lost a significant amount of memory, forgetting that he ever starred in the movies and Malcolm in the wow. That's wild. For some reason in my head, I had conflated it with, I know he's like a race car enthusiast. So I thought yeah. there was some sort of like accident he'd been in, but I guess not. Yeah. Well, yeah, that is that is wild stuff, man. I mean, maybe he forgot if he was ever an Ace Troubleshooter fan. If we <laughs> we can never get closure. Oh on that. no! Yeah, that's true. Shit. <laughs> Sorry, Frankie Muniz. I didn't mean to. There's bigger fish to fry than that. Uh, it seems like he's doing okay, though. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he's. Uh, I mean, he's um, got married last year. It looks like. Hey. Um, he's got a kid. All right. You know. But he's uh, and he's doing some. And he's like you said, he's doing some racing stuff, some motor sports, I guess. Right. Um, get him on or the pod. At least he did. Yeah, the, <laughs> get him on the pod. We, I don't know. I feel like if you're if Frankie Muniz is going to be on any sort of podcast, it'd <laughs> probably be like a they might be giants podcast or something. Ooh. Could but be. but even still, that's associated with Malcolm in the Middle, which right. he doesn't remember. 
True. Um, anyway, uh, Danny Stairs. Good morning, my dude. Your boy Danny Stairs here. Just calling. Uh, just wrapped up the uh, portion of your uh, show here this week with Jenny Booth Potter. Just wanted to thank you guys for bringing her around to discuss these issues and to help to just shed light on some things that some of us may not be thinking about or help us to find ways to to get more involved. I, I think that a lot of your listeners, this is going to be something that's heavy on their hearts, but we don't all know what we should be doing or what we could be doing. Um, and, and so it's nice to have someone on to, to point us to some resources, to some to some voices that we could listen to that will help us to to be able to get more involved, be able to find more things we could do. And um, especially like the tip of just make sure you do be being intentional about doing one thing per day, just, mm. just one thing. Cause she was right. You're going to get overwhelmed. You, I wake up so many days just feeling like, Oh my God, I don't even know how I can live in this country. This is never going to get better. There's nothing that can be done and it's all just a waste of time. So um, just that reminder that we can't let that be does because if we do, then, you know, we'll be here forever and we really won't ever get any change. So I uh, appreciate that. Uh, I want to thank you guys for always uh, being open and honest um, about the things you care about, the things that are wrong with this country and, and not just settling for, well, this is the way it is. So, um, and not worrying about like, you know, some people might find defensive that we present this, um, you know, and some people are sensitive on the issue. I know a lot of. Oh, and we lost Danny. I was all ready to commend him for being like crystal clear voicemail. Like he's really uh, stepping it up and then uh, cut out. Um, yeah. But thank you, Danny. Uh, yes, Jenny shared with us uh, some additional resources that she didn't talk about on the pod, which we posted on our socials. Uh, if you haven't seen those, check them out. But um, I appreciate that, Dan. Thanks for. Thanks for affirming uh, a segment that I um, also found meaningful. Yes. Um, and I saw this uh, video that was um, posted by, uh, on, on, friends shared this with me um, about um, white fatigue. Mm. and how white fatigue is sort of essentially giving way to white supremacy mm. because it's like it's hard and so all these different social movements gain traction from the support of white allies but then white fatigue sets in right and and they just sort of stumble and you know uh and that's why we, everybody needs to be working to call out white supremacy and move these movements uh, and these uh, things forward. And, you know, like Danny said, there's that, like, why am I even in this country? I hate that. this is like, I hate that we live in a country where uh, people deny what's right in front of them and they're anti-science and... Yeah. You have people like Joe Rogan, the most popular podcast in the country, <sighs> you know, just being the absolute worst. And I'm just like, 
but like that's the white fatigue where it's right, like right, right. and what what i was trying to say to jenny last week is that like even though i concede her point that like white supremacy will kill us all like you and me as white men like if we get fatigued right and and sort of like step back other people are going to be impacted more right than than you and i will yeah yeah and if if those who are holding the power uh right. give in to fatigue then things don't change whereas people who obviously feel exhausted by this 24 7 cannot afford the luxury of giving into fatigue so yeah exactly um yeah thanks buddy yeah josh from oregon hey andrew and john my name is josh and from oregon i live in pennsylvania right now um i'm currently teaching via zoom students in china and five iron has gotten me through i found y'all recently i smoked this evening and drank a lot <laughs> and i just appreciate you that's it uh, <laughs> thanks buddy thanks, thanks josh thanks josh we we appreciate you um, and next time I smoke or drink a lot, I'm going to leave a voicemail for us. <laughs> you you should. You absolutely should. should that could be a new segment. <laughs> All my what, great ideas. What, what did John leave us a voicemail about this week? Oh, boy. Was, um, it, was it about... Uh, <laughs> Was it about Mortal Kombat? Oh man, I had a lot of Mortal Kombat thoughts the other night. Um, but yeah, what is? I don't know. Maybe you. Uh, that's that's it for voicemails this week. So I okay. don't know. Maybe you should uh, share some of your Mortal your, Kombat corner. Yeah, Mortal Kombat corner. Um, I just want to say, Josh, thank you for that. That was very sweet. Uh, I also have some friends who who are doing some teaching uh, to students in China right now via Zoom. So I know that can be uh, challenging. I'm glad Fiverr has has helped you, as have we. Um, Mortal Kombat. So here's the deal. Mm. It's not a good movie, the new one, <laughs> which came out last week, but it's like good, bad, you know, where it's like, it's bad in a way that's fun. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's what you want in a Mortal Kombat movie in the sense that it's like the fatalities are great. They say things like flawless victory <laughs> <laughs> as they do in the game. It's very fun. But what I had... What I had, was that finish him? Yeah, finish him, toasty. Um, <laughs> but uh, now what I had shared on social was um, if you're looking for an actually good Mortal Kombat movie, there is one that exists. It's animated. It came out a couple years ago. It's called Mortal Kombat Legends: Scorpion's Revenge, and there's actually like a, a very like human empathetic story driving the whole thing scorpion his like family is murdered and he goes to hell and then he like comes out of hell to avenge his family and sub-zero is the one who killed them it's man there's a lot going on so i i, I recommend that one um and the new mortal Kombat movie kind of starts off that way with that sort of background and i was like oh shit that's when i texted you like is this movie a masterpiece because <laughs> the opening but you, <laughs> but you were also uh in yeah. a in, an, in another state at that moment wasn't stone cold sober um <laughs> but the opening i i i commend uh, folks to watch it's like really really like well shot and like it starts in like, you know, feudal Japan. And I was like, man, this is interesting. It doesn't uh, stay on that level, but, but this other movie does kind of, so anyway, depending on your moral combat passion, I, I, <laughs> I recommend you check those out. Um, 
isn't I'm trying to think and you tell me uh how wrong I am but uh you were describing the the plot for that other the animated Mortal Kombat uh-huh. and it sounded a little bit like Spawn yeah it's not it's not dissimilar to that um because I remember he goes to hell but he was a he was a bad dude right like well he like, was a good guy in real life but like involved in some shady right. government stuff i think um but then yeah he kind of comes out of hell to fight bad guys but he's also kind of bad when he's doing yeah. that but he's sort avenging like, his family as well sort of like an anti-hero he's an anti-hero yes um yeah i was gonna say this is this doesn't sound too different than spawn but you know uh probably a lot more people being cleaved in half in the Mortal Kombat movie. A hundred percent. Yeah, someone is split in half with uh, with the giant hat, uh, Kung Lao style. Yeah. So. Yes. Nice. So who who we got in there? Who we got other than uh, Sub Zero, Scorpion? You got Sonya. Uh huh. You got Jax. Okay. Uh, you got. Um, reptile although he's not reptile like from the games he's not like a you know sub-zero is blue scorpion's yellow reptile's green he's like an actual reptile um goro of course okay four sure. arms. yes yes um who else is in there uh Liu kang of course okay uh raiden uh raiden bubble guy um i think that that's kind of like the core team and then um Oh, Kung Lao is in there too. He was from Mortal Kombat 2, the game. Um, but so uh, Katana, who's in Mortal Kombat 2, she's in there for a little bit. Um, but it's missing like Baraka. That was my dude. Mm. Um, he was like the monster looking guy who like grew right. the like knife things out of his hands. He was not in there. Um, I don't know. I feel Still like you got to pare it down. You can't have. Yeah. I mean, because now even like what are they up to like mortal Kombat 11 yeah or something? So. something like that have you have you ever watched any of the like the fatality videos from yes I have. The, they are Gnarly. aggressive <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because like then they do like all the slow-mo stuff all the, yeah. like, the, the close-ups and everything when we were kids this was scandalous uh i know the the small amount of like pixelated blood <laughs> right people are freaking out which like yeah you know it was a different time when you're like ripping out a head that includes a spinal cord from somebody's body i guess people are <laughs> freaking like, out but throw them into a pit a spike, pit <laughs> a spike. And... yeah um but it is funny now to look back and be like oh this is this is pretty tame considering <laughs> where our like society is at now so anyway yeah. <laughs> mortal kombat Mortal still, Kombat. still comforting me all these years later. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, do you, should we take a break and then uh, come back? It. And yeah, when we come back, we will discuss that debut value pack one by one record. <laughs> hey, Sugar. I'm Erica Michelle. I host a voice diary called Brown Sugar Diaries on the Rock Kitty Network, where I spill all the tea about my daily experiences, life lessons, my journey to healing and wholeness, my life as an entrepreneur, student doctor, CEO of a nonprofit, and I give my opinion on the current happenings of the world. You see why I have this voice diary? I got a lot of stuff to talk about. Tune into Brown Sugar Diaries wherever you listen to podcasts, and let's sip on this tea or wine. 
הנושא של אוקיי. Talking value pack, talking down and out, talking mm. uh, that debut record. Yes, self-titled, also known as down and out. Also known as new formula, probably. I don't know. I uh, I remember I remember the I didn't have this. I mean, maybe this is uh, the question you're going to ask me. Mm, yes, I, the question on everyone's mind. Yes, Andrew, when did you first hear value pack? I first heard of Value Pack probably around the same time that I started getting into um, these, you know, Goatee Hook and MXPX. Mm. And so I guess it would probably have to be like 97, 98. Okay. Probably, probably my guess. Um, Jalapeno was a, was an album I, I had, I still still have it um but this debut record was not one that i had yeah um i don't know these guys at all um and i don't know how they slipped through my my teenage fingers um that sounds weird but um they were <laughs> please don't talk about teenage fingers John. <laughs> yeah okay sorry that's fair <laughs> enough um i remember this album cover like we said cartoon faces uh i remember the name of the band but i never saw them and i never really um got into them and i don't know exactly why i know there's been a heavy uh southern california emphasis for us this season and i have some friends who are from there who were like ace troubleshooter i've never even heard of them and i'm like well in the midwest we knew ace but i didn't really know value pack or some of these other bands so perhaps that's part of it um but uh, these guys formed in Orange, California in 1995. Orange Welcome County. To the, Orange County. Welcome to the OC, bitch, they said. <laughs> um, they, uh, and they broke up in 2001. Um, so, yeah, as we, were, as we will say uh, in a later segment, only records between in a four-year span, but uh, existing for about six years. But they formed in high school. Um, Initially, uh, Ryan Sheely on guitar and lead vocals, and Ben Cater on drums, and they formed as one by one, and then added Isaiah Coffrin on bass and background vocals. They cut a demo as one by one and tooth and nail signed them. Uh, the song Missing You, which we will cover today, was on the tooth and nail comp I'm Your Biggest Fan, volume one, uh, and they were still under the name one by one on that and changed shortly thereafter. Um, and then, yeah, this this record came out uh, August thirtieth, nineteen ninety six, on Tooth and Nail. I don't know. I, it wasn't. It was for some reason. It was not. Uh, I knew. I, listening back to Jalapeno, their next record, uh, which spoiler alert, I greatly prefer <laughs> to this record. Um, I was aware of that more so on some level. Um, but really, this this week preparing for this is kind of like the first time I've ever really listened to them. So the 
second record, Jalapeno, is also my preferred record that yeah. probably has a lot to do with the fact that it was the one that I had sure. back in the day, but... I feel like um, it sounds better on every level. Too, it, so. But it also is just the songwriting is better. Yes, yes, that's true. The songs are, are way more engaging and fun and interesting. Yeah. Uh, th- this album definitely has its moments, but... For sure. Uh, I think also just the song topics... Now, looking at it, we will we need to emphasize this again. (laughs) Yeah, you know, we're listening to this album as uh, guys in their late 30s. And, you know, we're still going to critique some of the some of the stuff as we do. But like, just recognizing that this album is uh, 25 years old. So yes. Yeah, you know, we we talked about this a little bit when we were getting into Ace and talking about some problematic elements early on that wasn't limited to them, but wanted to touch on it in the scene. And just to briefly allude to a conversation that you and I had off mic earlier today, our goal with this pod is not to uh, wallow in all the stuff about evangelicalism that is a bummer. Like, we all know about (laughs) that. We want to touch on our experiences and the things that are funny and problematic about it, but we never intended for this to be like a, um, you know, a thorough takedown of right. all the problems of evangelical culture. Um, we want to do that in a way that is fun <laughs> and funny. Um, so there are elements, plenty of elements of this album that aren't great uh, 25 years later. Um, or at the time, probably, but I don't want to spend all our time just talking about how those things suck. Uh, we will touch on them, but I don't know. So, so that colored my experience of this a little bit coming out of that conversation and how we've been talking about ways to cover some of these bands as they've gotten sort of more evangelical as we've gone on to the season. Um, there is plenty to unpack. Uh, we may be opening up the box at some point today. There's probably plenty of opportunities for that. Um, I don't need to hear any more abortion songs ever, probably. (laughs) Um, But what I will say is like, on the whole, I mostly had a lot of fun listening to this. Uh, The songs are pretty simple, but I generally dig the vibe. The sound is is fun. Kind of that OC Southern California breezy style. What I always kind of assumed was the value pack sound was sort of a ska leaning. And so I think I was surprised that that wasn't as all over this as it was, but there are certainly times where they dip into that. Yeah, um, they, they dip in a handful of times between these two records. It's not, I would say they're kind of on par with like the way that no effects dips into yeah. ska, you know, it's yeah. the occasional song or moment on a, on a song, but it's not like their primary vibe. Right. Yeah. I would say good baselines kind of the hallmark of them for me um listening through i feel like we've identified different aspects is it is it the guitar on slick shoes you know is it the drums for dogwood you know all these things so the bass really stands out for me on these records and that kind of ska sound certainly influences some of those funky bass lines i would say the vocals get a lot stronger on the next record than this one um Sounds fine, but, uh, you know, he kind of develops this um, Tim Armstrong rancid kind of vocal sound with the next record that I certainly prefer. And he 
he gets into that sometimes on this album, but but not the whole time. Um, nice background vocals and harmonies throughout. That's kind of another staple of them. Um, and yeah, I mean they they got Kravak back <laughs> for the first time for this record, produced by Steve Kravak, uh, mastered by Brian Gardner, who has mastered a lot of the records we've covered uh, this season. It's kind of curious though. I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts, but like I don't think it sounds great. Um, which is strange because life in general was only a few months later and that sounds awesome. Um, so I don't know it, to me, this is more like the Poconacha equivalent in their discography. Um, it's a little rough. They are still very young. It's much more evangelical than their future output. Yeah. Um, which is not unusual as recovering a lot of these bands, their first albums when they were teenagers are certainly more, uh, christian evangelical heavy than as they go on more judgy more judgmental yeah yeah those the first the first couple mxpx records yeah are way judgier than anything else you're gonna you're ever gonna hear from them ever again yeah value pack this uh you have more songs on on this record about jesus the more next album you have it's like more songs about girls. Yeah. Um, some, some, uh, some Christian songs, but like not as like, you know, Jesus is going to find you. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> sort of songs, but you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, you know, <laughs> there's a lot to be bummed out here by thematically, which we will touch on, but on the whole, I feel like, I enjoy these guys. I enjoy this record. It's maybe not like um, this album is maybe not like, uh, you know, incredibly sophisticated uh, no. songwriting or instrumentation, but it is really fun and it's a fun listen. Um, and much like uh, Poconacha and some of these other early albums, there's too many songs. I think we could cut a few of these and be fine. Um, but there's a lot to like. Uh, should we? Should we get into it? I think we should. I All also right. want to note that uh, for whatever reason, Spotify erroneously has the 1994 ah. as the date of the album release. Fascinating. For whatever reason. Yeah. I cannot tell you why, um, but it was 1996. Yes. All right. Um, graduation day. Oh, 
My number two. My number one. Nice. Yeah. It's pretty undeniable, I think. The intro is definitely the base. The building Wonderful. of it. You know, having yeah, yeah having a uh, a memorable I mean, it's not exactly it's not exactly like Maxwell murder or anything <laughs> like that, but yeah. it's um there's enough of a sort of it's fun yeah yeah it's got like a a i don't know what yeah scott influence but it's not your straight ahead typical bass following the guitar with like quarter notes you're like ooh, something interesting's happening here right um and yeah as you said it builds and i just yeah i love the kind of fast-paced energy of it um from that bass intro on um yeah, just uh, this is one that like I would imagine listening to as a kid with the windows down in the car, you know, like graduation day. It feels very <laughs> end of high school, you know, coming up on yeah. summer type vibe. Um, and I just like the uh, the energy and the drive of it a lot. Um, thematically, the first verse, it's like, okay, this is a little little on the nose, <laughs> kind of talking <laughs> about like the rest of our life is going to be great, uh, marking kind of leaving that moment and looking to the future but the rest of the song from the second verse on is like shifts to being sad about it which like i was like oh this is actually doing something interesting where like that feels more right if you're writing a song about graduation like it makes sense that like it kind of starts out you're like yes we're moving on this is a great moment and then like as you move on you're like well wait i kind of miss old stuff and friends and you know so it it feels like a good mix of those things to me yeah you know it's uh it's a more balanced approach to a graduation song right. than other songs that they might play at like at graduate like vitamin C. I like remember. <laughs> dun, 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 yeah. Dun. yeah. Like you're not going to be friends forever. You're just not. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not gonna happen. And this yeah. this song is separated for the rest of our lives <laughs> you know just, just yeah, like yeah. no we're, we're probably not going to see each other again we're right. going our separate ways you know good luck guys <laughs> yeah yeah you um, know but but still feeling like that bittersweetness of you know we had some good times but this is probably it <laughs> yeah exactly uh which i think is is fair and again they were probably if not writing it right when they were graduating, graduating like shortly thereafter. And so, yeah. again, these are these are children, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but I like that song a lot. Yeah. Um, one way out. All alone in this world, dude. I want it. Not anymore. Oh no. Yourself. 
My number three. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, again, <laughs> on the nose. Sure. But I, again, going back to last episode, talking about ways that I determine a song being in my list uh-huh. is. Is in your head. It's in my head. Yeah. Just totally. will find you. <laughs> never let you go. It's it. <laughs> It's, it's very gets, catchy. It gets stuck in my head. So, yes. <laughs> but dance, yeah. and the and the bass is really sick too. It is good. Yeah, like just like playful moving. You know, yep. The, yep. keeping them fingies walking. Yeah, man. Go all over that neck, baby. Yeah, just. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you're getting it's uh, you're it's more Matt Friedman territory in this song than, uh, than graduation day, but right. I still, I still love a playful bass on like a fast skate punk song. It's, it's great. For sure. No, I, I agree. I think it's really fun. And like you said, I, that, that baseline really stands out. The background vocals of the, of the chorus, uh, stand out. Um, I don't know. I just get <laughs> the Jesus will find you just sounds like a threat to me. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, Jesus is going to find you. Like, you cannot get away. Um, He will find you. He he will will never let you go. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's also very uh, patronizing and judgy. Someday I hope you get a clue, but it's up to you. Very, it's in God's book, but you don't want to look. Yep. Um, yep. I don't know what to say, buddy. Someday I hope you get a clue, but Jesus is going to find you. I don't know. I, it is fun and bouncy. It, yes, it's catchy and it's like kind of silly, but like it feels a little bit like. Dude, look, it, it's it's hard to find a song on this record. <laughs> yeah, true. That, that doesn't have some bummer element in there. Fair so, enough. So, yes, as as noted, this album, a lot more judgmental. Yeah. Which you high school kids young kids they're they're on fire for the lord yeah you think you got everything figured out got it all figured out uh other people don't have a clue you've you know just will find you (laughs) that's another kind of hallmark of the record is like fitting in a lot of words (laughs) about jesus Uh, usually (laughs) into like a very small amount of space (laughs) uh sunday christian is yeah Perfect we will exam. get there. Is <laughs> <laughs> well fine, yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, fun one. Fun, fun. Uh, come back, bro. It's just come back. Never.
fine. I think it's fine. Yeah, I, it's a perfectly serviceable <laughs> yes, exactly. skate punk song. Yeah. Um, once again, the lyrics kind of a bummer. <laughs> uh, about his friends stumbling in their walks, I believe, maybe leaving uh, their faith altogether, what he thinks of as the right kind of faith. Um, but this is another one where later in the song, he really crams in. Every day is going to bow and all the people will confess what Jesus Christ is all about. <laughs> like, it's just kind of like, yeah. By the time we get to every knee is going to bow, all the people will confess what Jesus Christ is all about. I'm like, uh, I don't know. I'm not, I think you lost me a little bit here. Yeah. Um, but but the, it's also the, uh, you told me you care no more for something you used to live for. This can't be happening to you. So make up your mind. There's not much time. Yeah, you're going to die. This is, uh, again, another sort of yes threatening element to, uh, you know, clock's ticking, bro. Jesus, right, right. Jesus is coming back and he will find you. <laughs> yeah. If I haven't told you yet, he's <laughs> going to find you. Yeah. Get a clue. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Nothing else to say for me on this one. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's a bummer. Um, the judgmental approach to evangelical, uh, this sort of testimony, so to speak. Mm-hmm. These sorts of songs are kind of a dime a dozen for this era of, yes. of punk bands where a friend has left the faith or the friend has done something and has hurt them. And yeah. And so they, when you're, when you're young and you're just writing about what, you know, this is what, you know, and right. a friend leaving the faith is sort of like the biggest, biggest bummer that you can possibly think of. So. Right. Um, a, uh, uh, a hallmark of, of dogwood yeah. and early slick shoes too is yeah. falling yeah. out with friends yeah. often over faith related things. Yeah. My friends are falling left and right. Was <laughs> it faith or just an act that got you to the point you're at? Oof. It's tough. It's tough. Glad tough. he's got it figured out. <laughs> I mean, he, he's got a clue. His friends don't have a clue. <laughs> Luckily I'm really perfect. <laughs> Luckily you got to figure it out. Won't you get a clue, bro? Um, <laughs> maybe the biggest bummer song on the record. Mm-hmm. Final request. Something's wrong inside. The problem she can't hide. I'm a victim of a good time. My life is over now, hasn't yet begun, she left me here to die. Mommy, don't go! All right, that's uh, enough of that. Um, this is another example of a song on the record that I'm like, Ugh, why does the song have to be a bummer? Because it shreds. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's shreds. It's pretty good. It's a good song. And then you're just like, 
when you don't listen to it, you're like, you don't listen to lyrics. You're like, oh, it's some kind of rules. Then you're like, right. oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, so, there are a couple more of those for me on the album too. Yeah. Um, let's briefly, John, very, <laughs> very briefly open up the box, hopefully for the last time on this topic. Yes. Um, this one's called The Box. Food line. Food line. Um, an abortion song. Again. <laughs> Again. Uh, we, I think this is our, is this our third time opening up the box? It's number three. Yep. On this topic. On this topic. Uh, if you count Lil Marky, you know, he's an honorary fourth, this which I really is, feel like this is indebted to. <laughs> this is a little, a little Marky song. Mommy, don't go. <laughs> don't kill me. Mommy, <laughs> don't go. <laughs> my um, life is over now <laughs> and it hasn't yet begun oh so awful um, I'm a permanent <laughs> absentee <laughs> <laughs> oh awful um, yeah so writing a song from the perspective <laughs> of, of an aborted fetus of an aborted fetus so my life is over now and it hasn't yet begun you're conceding that their life hasn't begun in the very beginning of the song. <laughs> Fair enough. I guess life doesn't begin at conception. I guess not. Uh, uh, but yeah, the whole like mommy don't go, but also the, her uh, problems she can't hide. I'm a victim of a good time. Yeah, that, that another, is woof. Another casualty of irresponsibility. Yikes. You know, like I'm very curious about the people the people the young men who write these songs how many yeah. times are they writing these from <laughs> actually talking to a woman uh, or zero. or just from uh what has been told to them by rock for life and other right right uh pro-life activists because it's all just these these girls looking for a good time they're just irresponsible that's their problem andrew yeah um they definitely aren't ever like assaulted or <laughs> Uh, or have a child who you know is will be a risk to the mother's right. life or any number of like very complicated scenarios rather than just like she parties too much man um yeah yeah this whole song is a big old woof but yeah ectopic pregnancy is another right another thing you know um women have miscarriages right. and you know any number of reasons that uh a a uh, fertilized egg doesn't um come to a full-term pregnancy right. and you know making the song the point of the song is uh casualty of irresponsibility and the victim of a good time those to me are like the two phrases I wrote the, down too. Yeah, they are the biggest, the biggest misconceptions and uh, just bummers of this song. Uh, having said that, it is a, a, a kick-ass song. Yeah, <laughs> lyrics aside, Mommy, don't go. I mean, it's pretty catchy. It's pretty catchy. Um, also, final request is like that could be like a metal band. Final request. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's as much time as I want to spend. Yeah, let's let's close up. Close this up box. the box. Great. Kathunk. That was called the box. Lion. Food lion. 
Um, right. Let's move yeah. on to a more fun song. Yeah. Happy Star. Pick it up. This graduation Ooh. day? <laughs> I don't mind it. My heart is telling me some other place for them. Beat up, beat up, beat up, beat up. Because you're the only one for me. Yeah, we're living in a picture say. It's even when I walk with say. Yeah, I think of everything. You're the only one. What's up, boss? Now it's you to come. That was that, and this is now. The pretty for my jeans of sin. number three wow <laughs> you don't like this one uh not especially oh i like it a lot i think it's very fun um i i like some of the ska elements to it but sure um <laughs> it's again as as i i will concede that i just said it's hard to find a song with lyrics that aren't somewhat of bummer sure um uh, <laughs> Andrew, but, you're not God, okay? You're, you're, you're my God. I'm not. Saved me, my Lord and King. Uh, I. It's almost like he just took all of all of these sort of cliche praise lines uh, and threw them into one single song. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, but I can't deny it's 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 bounciness, it's bounceability. Yeah. Uh, I also thought this might have been another contender for you to do uh, a new theme song of with "We're Magpod, <laughs> You're Not," <laughs> which could have worked. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but we're all Magpod Nation, so that wouldn't that, have been that, that wouldn't be right. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. It wasn't immediately. I have a sense of what your number one is, and and we'll get there. Um, this wasn't immediately one that I thought was top three, but the more I thought about it, I'm just like, I really love that ska uh, influence there. I think it's really fun. Um, and I certainly hear you on the, <laughs> the lyrics are direct and they are not especially uh, poetic, um, but very catchy. Um, I just can't resist that ska guitar on the verses. I'm just having a good time. Again, I feel like the window's down. I'm a young, you know, person. <laughs> And I'm with yeah. my friends and it's just like, I don't know. It makes me think of being a teenager and having a great time. So I guess yeah. I'm a sucker for that. Um, also, That's... did yeah. Did you watch the video for this? <laughs> no, there's a video. Oh, you got to check it out. Um, lots of zooms in and out. Very <laughs> uh, <laughs> lo-fi, classic kind of 90s uh, punk settings. There's like a bedroom where they're playing in and then there's like some outdoor industrial location and then they're like goofing around in a pool and jumping in and stuff um so it's a good time uh i believe this was the the single from the record uh could be wrong watch that video <laughs> having a good time in the bedroom zooms in and out so much zooming I'll chain necklace. When I pop the say, yeah, 
<laughs> They're like stage diving in the bedroom. I mean, this is very much of a time and yes and it's a great time um, yeah maybe that's what it was it's just like Do you know this, remind, you, this reminds me a lot of mxpx punk rock show a hundred percent i had the exact same thought i mean yeah very mxpx in terms of like i don't know we'll shoot in somebody's bedroom and then we'll shoot down by this like you know, abandoned bridge, uh, yeah. <laughs> just set up some drums in front of some like weeds in front of this wall. Yeah. Um, then we'll be some goofs with the pool. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It, just, yeah. just goofing like a couple goofs. Some, just some teenage goofs. Um, the harmonies are pretty great though. They are. Yeah. They're, I mean, you're God. I'm not. <laughs> I Lord and King. Uh, right. ready for blank. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Big sled. My number two. Oh shit, bro! Wow, <laughs> we yeah. uh we only got one. We only got one. I know, but we'll say some more about the next song. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. I feel like this is the one that kind of feels the most like the next record in terms of like. Interesting. I, that, maybe I'm wrong, but like I don't know. I just I can really feel like the. I like the bass line a lot. I like that pick slide. Um, and his vocals here feel a little more like that sort of rancidy sound mm. uh, that will come later than the rest of the record. And I like that cadence. It's kind of like you were saying, uh, or you will say in a future <laughs> segment here, that like street punk, yeah, um, you know, delivery of the of the lyrics where it's like, I see the people that pass the streets, you know, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that, that vibe a lot. Yeah, they, they lean into... Uh, on jalapeno you get a lot more um green day rancid yes you have some of that on there's there is a song on this album that sounds very green day agreed um but and also we've we've we talked about this a bit with ace ace troubleshooter that when uh some of these bands were coming up green day you know dropped uh the album dookie and like just like a huge turning point yeah for punk rock in in, the, in our country and uh it's hard to not yeah be influenced by them for sure. just like anybody 
who's older, a little bit older than us, who's like would say they were influenced by the Beatles. Right. If you're if you're of a certain age and had a punk rock band in the the 90s, you yeah. of course were influenced by Green Day. A hundred percent. I think that's true of so many bands. It's kind of cool to hear this more uh, rancidy vibe, which is a vibe we've not uh, gotten this season yet yeah. um, with these guys. Um, but you're right. The Green Day influence is totally there. I just really, I love the energy here from the beginning. Like we said, like building kind of like with graduation day where it's like this building, you got the drums then you got the cool baseline, then a pick slide. And I'm just a sucker for that. Um, like the vocals lyrics again, maybe a little patronizing, um, but I would, I feel like a, 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 a generous reader, my read at least is that I think it comes from a place from a genuine place of wanting to share God's love with people, but being unsure of how to do so. It's kind of this whole thing of like, he's seeing all these people. He doesn't know how to engage them, but he wants to. Um, so you could see that, you know, the blank comes from like, I see these people and their blank expressions and I just want to like fill their souls up with God, um, which again might be a patronizing attitude, calling people blank, whatever, but nothing um, but empty lives, em <laughs> empty souls, you know, yeah, that's a tough, <laughs> tough look. But if you're somebody who's like, if that's what you're, if you're coming from a place of like, I just, I, I pass all these people and I want to like, um, share love if they look like they're not experiencing that. I want to be like, give, give the benefit of the doubt and be like, that's the, that's the impetus behind it. Um, but I could be totally wrong. <laughs> right. You know, the, yeah. But then there's the other, the other side of it is, um, that he says, I turn my head and I walk the other way. The easy way out is just is such a cop out. So he's like, I don't, I don't end up saying it. And it's, right. and it's, and so he like feels guilty about it. And it's right. like, well, I don't think you need to call yourself <laughs> a fool. Random people on the street. Yeah. <laughs> because Goatee Hook has a song, the track boy, I think is what it is. Mm -hmm. I think that's the, yes the whole thing about like going up to a girl on the street and and like trying to talk to her about jesus and she's like no <laughs> right yeah i think that's why maybe i give it a little more benefit of the doubt because it to me feels more like somebody who's struggling with that idea like even sure. if i agree that like he doesn't need to feel bad about not having done that i respect that he's like i mean i want to do that but like it's weird to do that. And I don't know exactly how to do that. That feels a little more honest to me that he's including that again, it's like finger pointing at yourself right. rather than just outward. So I don't know. It, it does not, I don't bump on that as much as, as other sort of, how do I share the gospel effectively uh, songs on this album? Yeah. I do like the, um, uh, ain't got no fear and perfect love. So just show me your way. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. A little, little positivity rather than finding I'm, a stranger. Yeah, like, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm terrible. <laughs> Jesus is going to find you. <laughs> like, all right, calm down. He will find you. <laughs> yeah. You empty soul. <laughs> you, em you empty blank, meaningless soul. You and your empty lives. It's also sort of presumptuous walking by a person on the street being like, Look at this person. Look at this person with their 
empty, meaningless lives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember being like a teenager and like walking around downtown being like all these suits going home <laughs> to their suburban house. Nothing in their life. Look at oh, them. Oh man. Just blank <laughs> souls. <laughs> Um, and you were like, oh, it's fucking sellouts. These people. <laughs> That's right. I was going to shout at them about the gospel of, uh, I don't know, overthrowing corporations or something. But... That's right. <laughs> You're like, come on, let's talk about the system. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's get to a song that we both have some takes on. Yeah. Sun- Sunday Christian. Ooh. Oh, shit. Sunday is a day for which man you're praising all with With fire and night comes through the pain of Fuck out the teacher was there with some reason yet to run What else over your boy? Why can't I be like everybody else? What kind of question is that Sunday Christian? I have conflicted thoughts on this song as you and I both have <laughs> talked about. It's like, wait, is this like the best <laughs> song on the record or yeah. is that the worst song on the record? Yeah, musically, honestly, it's probably my number one. Yeah. Um, but I just cannot. Whereas with some of these other ones, I'm like, I don't know. If you give it a generous read with this one, I'm just like, I, I can't. I cannot go with you on this one. Um, but, you know, hardcore leanings. Uh, I love those gang vokes. I like yeah. his vocals here. You know, there's just those power chords. It's just like, I, I'm just so into it right away. Um, yeah. Then we should get to this. There's like a ska breakdown with the trumpet. Um, yeah. Then that goes into like a cool bridge. Yeah. I mean, that rules. yeah yeah you are not wrong about that i hadn't thought about that that's very true i mean it, um, yeah it's very no effectsy in, in the sense of like it's a hardcore song now it's a ska song now it's like these minor background vocals pop punk yeah. song yeah it's great i mean there's yeah. a reason why that formula works but for those the lyrics <laughs> the lyrics though um, sunday so is no your effects. day for worship and your praise and all but when friday night comes you won't feel no pain at all smoke and toke until you choke wash it down <laughs> with some whiskey and some rum bottoms up and you'll have fun yeah why can't yeah. we be like everybody else what kind of question is that sunday christian hey what's the thing i see hanging around your neck Tell me, is there meaning in that crucifix? Or should I say, there's a meaning in your crucifix? <laughs> yep. Are you just a fad with the lie you live today? It's, uh, it's tough stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, practice, I practice what you preach only one day a week, and then the cross goes back under your shirt. <laughs> Mediocrity, your mistaken identity, not too hot, never too cold. You must 
you just want to be lukewarm. Uh, yep. yep. <laughs> so this is a, uh, you know, I, this is my least favorite kind of song and yeah. which is why it sucks that it's like the song that rages the hardest <laughs> because yeah, I, exactly. Because I like this song so much. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yes. I think what, what, bugs me so much about this is like as i've said on on the podcast before i feel that my faith has been a low simmer my whole life i've never been boiling over it's never turned off and been cold to the touch and that has been a a approach to faith what did i say about talking about teenage fingers bro (laughs) sorry about that (laughs) just slips through my teenage fingers um and that has served my faith well i I believe um so I do not think that what Jesus meant when he talked about being lukewarm was tucking your crucifix necklace back under your shirt the other days of the week or like <laughs> smoking weed or not yelling at people about Jesus every other day of the week. I think what he was saying was let your life of faith be one that is lived out each day, not just when you go to church. And for a young evangelical, perhaps what living out your faith means is like purity um, you know, straight edge, uh, and like yelling at people about the gospel because they're empty souls on the street. Um, and that just is not my understanding of what it means to live out the gospel. So I, I hate the, like going after, like, you're just lukewarm, bro. You're not yelling about Jesus every day. Like I am, your faith isn't real. Like that's the kind of stuff to me that makes me think that people will leave their faith behind because they're like you can't burn as hot as me and it's like well fine then i don't want to burn at all you know so i don't know yeah lots to unpack here not a fan of this whole concept um and again i could i could get behind an idea where if he's examining why do we you know like we always shout out our boys in dc talk we profess things with our lips in church on Sunday, but with our actions the rest of the week, they don't match up. That's that's something I can get on board with, you know, hypocrisy and examining that in the life of faith. But I don't think his examples of not living up to um, how you are on Sunday at church with the rest of the week uh, are, are convincing to me. Um, the better way might be to, this might be a better finger pointing song Mm-hmm. than a because how do you write a song that doesn't come off looking like an asshole yeah how, without unless you're like look i'm i'm trying to be a better person and exactly. i recognize i'm a hypocrite and yeah. like because let's be real there's there's no way that uh i'm assuming uh ryan wrote this song um let me see. Let me see what the credit was. Uh, uh, yes. I couldn't find this. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's. I have to assume that there's been a point where he felt like he was lukewarm and wasn't living out his faith, and that he was sure. being a hypocrite. And I feel like that would have been more more effective. Totally. And thus, be like, ah, oh, look at this, you know, it, you know, arrogant asshole talking about like how he's never you know acted in a way that's you know contrary to his faith you know right it, it just it immediately rubs me the wrong way yeah if, if as has literally every song that we've <laughs> talked about on this pod that has from 
very from the very first episodes of MXPX. Yeah, we still reference it's in God's book, but He don't want to look right like right. that. We still quote that because it's like it's it's one of those songs. Just yep. like why won't you listen, bro? I've got it all figured out, bro. Bro, bro, bro. Um, <laughs> I always <laughs> imagine somebody like stabbing their finger in somebody's chest I was, as they're I saying was gonna, these lyrics. I was gonna do. I was gonna do. Uh, it, it's uh, it's a wonderful life, <laughs> Mr. Potter. Let me tell you about Jesus. <laughs> You're being a Sunday Christian. You're being a Sunday Christian. <laughs> that was a that was a pretty good uh, Jimmy Stewart there. Jimmy Stewart. Um, wow, wow. I, I need to tell you about about, Je- about Jesus, about Jesus Christ. He's he's my he's my Lord, Lord and King. Clarence, stop stop smoking and choking. Um, <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> well, where's the cross there? I was under your shirt. Oh boy, we're gonna have to bring bring back our, our Jimmy Stewart. Um, yeah, that was good. Uh, I, don't, I was gonna say something, but that really <laughs> knocked me out. I can't recover from that impression. Master Potter. <laughs> um, do, I, do I do you identify with uh, do you identify with Mr. Potter? Well, fortunately, decades of being associated with an evil Potter were redeemed by a good Potter eventually in pop culture. Um, so it all true. it was kind of a wash. But every Christmas, it is a bummer. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just if it were a song where he was like, I struggle with being a Sunday Christian. I say that I believe these things, and then the rest of the week, I I struggle living them out. That totally valid. I'm with him. So. I mean, he literally just talks about how he wants to spread the gospel, but he's afraid. Right, right. You know, so he could have combined those two concepts rather than blasting everybody else for not being a perfect Christian. Yep. Shout along. Hardcore song. Not always the time for nuance and lyrics, though. So <laughs> that is true. I guess I get it. That is true. Um. On to missing you. This is my number one. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's a great song. <laughs> it's, oh, it's for from like second one. You're just yeah. like, oh shit. Yeah, it's just immediate. There's no it's build up. Immediate, immediate. Yeah. And then the, the song is under two minutes. The chorus is great. And then yep. it, you get to this, uh, this great bridge. Um, with like it has like some dropouts so mm-hmm. let's listen to that you've seen all this Yeah, it's super fun, man. It's so great. You make a compelling case. Those those dropouts and the build up to the dropout, it's it's great. It is yeah. so great. This is definitely in my top, you know, handful, top five or whatever. But yeah, I am reconsidering now. It's pretty great. <sighs> yeah, there are there are a handful of songs on here where I'm like, ah, 
hard to it, it was hard for me to pick out because some of them were like uh i probably i probably could have um swapped out one way out with something else but mm-hmm. um missing you is like uh like when i listened to graduation day missing you back to back i'm like oh come on there's, yeah <laughs> there's no way this is yeah it's just it's pretty great immediate it uh like i said this is the one that was on the the tooth and nail comp which makes sense i don't know if they push this one as a, a single either there's no video or anything but obviously it was one that they felt good about and wanted to have people here um again i, I really happy star went with the video because because ska was becoming more of a thing be. and they that felt like let's yeah let's market the popular thing right now yeah i don't know i mean the song that's in both of our top three graduation day also would have made a good single i think true um so i don't know um but yeah i, I, I once again really love that baseline as we heard some of there just think it's doing a lot of fun stuff throughout um very fun song again about friends who grew apart um yeah. so another one of those um yeah, yeah and that's another that's probably another one of the reasons that it's my number one because it's <sighs> it doesn't have a problem, a problematic element where I'm just like, True. uh, you know, just like the ways that Sunday Christian is a bummer, but the song is great. And one way out, the lyrics are a bummer, but the song is right. fun, you know? Um, so I'm like, I feel like this is a song that I can unanimously yeah. just like unequivocally be like, yes, this is, yep. I'm into it. Makes sense. Might have to call an audible. Mm-hmm. Uh, down and out, which sometimes this album is referred to. Right. Ooh. Sounds pretty good. You'll see it every single day. We should all just go away. But it says you in the bed. Tired of the simple life, you can't wait until you die. No one knows the thing you hide. Now you say, when will this hope end? Or else you cannot depend on that subject. Now who can I call my friend? Can I call my friend? Can I call my friend? fun yeah um this is in the same way that uh what was it come back or whatever they said was perfectly mm-hmm. serviceable yeah it's fine yeah i think the chorus is pretty catchy um and i like the chord progression there it's like i like that kind of ascending structure um yeah it you know it's fine it's fun um it's fine and fun it is fine and fun it's also it is fun um lyrically fun it's fun 
okay. not so fun uh, about somebody who kind of feels betrayed by friends and is all alone, feeling depressed about their life, you know, down and out, um, which I can respect having one of those songs in there. Um, yeah, nothing else yeah. to say. <laughs> I think if you named this album Down and Out coupled with the super bright and cheery looking right. cover yeah that, no. that would have been a complete mismatch i don't think down and out is the is the right tone for this album no so i'm glad self-titled down, seems to be the down and out what is this uh was this a dogwood album yeah right um not even talking about them and still throwing punches <laughs> um I'm sorry. yeah they could have called it Lean On Me. John <laughs> this is the everything's gonna be okay song <laughs> that every pop every, punk band needs every punk band yep. I feel like it's contractually obligated to write I never a song sensed that necessarily okay. <laughs> but since you threw that mission statement out it is truly <laughs> borne out with every band we've talked about uh which is fine yeah you like a you like an everything's gonna be okay song um yeah it's kind of a We'll get through this life together vibe. Sure. It feels like, um, you know, if this is the Poconacha equivalent, this is kind of the think twice of this record, <laughs> you know, talking about a brotherhood bonded by the son of God vibe here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> it's yeah, it's fine. This is sort of any, uh, these. This songs, last stretch. Yeah. This last stretch are fine. You but could, cut a few of them i think uh, definitely do that yeah um i don't really have anything to say about lean on me but no me neither i got uh, some stuff to say about this next one though i'm not ashamed of what i live for go right ahead yeah call me what you will there's something you can say that i heard man let's go back to your witness I do not mind this good dog. I do not care, cause I know you were so wrong. I pray to God, send me hope again. And I pray to God, someday I'll get the Next breath might be your last, Andrew. I know. 
It's uh, it's in God's book, but I don't want to look. No, you don't. Uh, yeah, this is this Jesus. is woof, Jesus woof across gonna, the board. He's gonna find me, bro. Yes. Um, I mean, this is. We could open up the box on on the persecution complex idea with this one if we wanted to. I mean, yeah. I I will say the chord progression is fun. Background vocals sound good. There's a ska breakdown. I'm on board for all that musically. Uh, but boy, oh boy, some of these lyrics. Uh, why do you think it's funny when you mock me? The funny thing is you're sealing your own fate. You're going to stand before your maker and he'll say, depart from me for you. I never knew. Uh, always running away. Well, there's a price you'll pay. Like Jesus, dude, <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just the exact opposite again of like sharing the gospel with people. It's like, yeah. Oh, you're making fun of me. Well, guess what? You're going to hell because God hates you. <laughs> like <laughs> That sucks. Um, <laughs> That really does suck. Yeah. I, I mean, these kids uh, needed. You, also, yeah. you got to realize like, and this is a thing. It's like, I, if I had a band, I yeah, probably yeah, would have written these songs too. Totally. And like this, they didn't come up with this. No, I know. I know. I know. And like, I'm not, and I'm not like, I'm not like, you know, saying you're wrong. You're right. 100% right. But it's like, sometimes when I'm like, and like, what sucks is that, somebody told him yes like, that this is the way to do it or this is the appropriate way of thinking about something it's like oh oh ha, ha, yeah too bad you're going to hell bro look who's laughing now not me <laughs> god's gonna be right. laughing when he's sending yes. you to hell exactly that's you know, it's classic god um <laughs> he's such a he's such a joker he's like let's see you know oh, oh looks like you got pwned that's how god <laughs> talks um yeah, I mean, this is something we've talked about a fair amount, but like there is something in the evangelical culture that they need something to make them feel different from mainstream culture um, because there's so much about persecution in the Bible um, and the people in the Bible who are talking about that, and again, we'll get into this a little later, are marginalized. They're being oppressed by oppressive governments and being murdered by them. Um, and the people who are telling the kids in value pack, what their theology is are in the top 1% of the world <laughs> in terms of being wealthy and white and probably prosperity gospel elements. And like, so what are you going to do with all this Bible stuff that's about being persecuted? Well, it must be that mainstream culture has given into, you know, token and choking and fornication <laughs> And we are are different, so we need this to feel superior. Like that's just what the that whole vibe of like superiority, yeah, feeling better than everybody else. Uh, it just is a bummer. It's just it's a, like writing a song about sharing God with somebody and having the takeaway being like, "Gonna make fun of me? Well, you're going to hell." <laughs> like it just is not not helpful. Um, I mean, if 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 Christians had like Elisha's power uh -huh. to be to be like, oh, you think it's funny that I don't that I'm bald? Guess what? <laughs> Bears, motherfucker! <laughs> Check it out. Check yeah, it out. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> um, I'm sure they're trying to call on the power of bears. Maybe that's like the snake thing. I don't know. Um, there, yeah. I mean, it's also too long. <laughs> uh, vibes again here, where it's sort yeah. of like too long a late song in the album that could probably get cut um yeah. but anyway yeah which is why like 
you know, missing you is is great. Yeah, agreed. One minute, 51 seconds in and out. Um, But uh, yeah, some of these songs over three minutes, you're like, you know, 15 (laughs) 15 songs already. It's like, you know, you could probably cut, you know, three or four songs, which was different when we talked about Ace Troubleshooter, when we would be like, oh, this song is like four and a half minutes long. And it's like, but it never felt like it. Right. Like yeah. Some of these songs were just like, all right. Yeah. Because it's because they're not doing really anything super interesting. Yeah. It's a lot more repetitive than those. You got your you got your three chord. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fast drums. Yeah. You know, it's sort of. I'm not. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's just no. like when you you know even with a song like, um, uh, missing you or Sunday Christian. They they throw in like a little twist, right, or something, something a little like, like a little ska thing, trumpet yeah, out of exactly. nowhere, just some some dropouts. Like oh, ooh, okay, something that's switching this up. But yeah. then you're just like, all right, I get it. Yeah, this. I mean they're more in the mold of there's a long punk tradition of sort of simple songs. Um, yeah, I got no problem with that, but keep it under three minutes if you're that kind of band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Fun for now, bro. Mm. Everybody get out on the dance floor with their favorite dance. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Uh, certainly a little patronizing in its lyrics again. Yeah. Um, I wonder I, what happened to the little girl that I once knew. Yeah. She says she's out there for a good time. So why does she seem so unhappy to me? It's just like, <laughs> all right. Thanks, dad. Yeah. <laughs> Big boomer energy on this song. Yeah, right. You know about half as much as you think. Like, okay, <laughs> this guy's got it all figured out, I guess. So it's good for him. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of this stuff is taking these messages directly from youth group and be like yes. it's like the pastor being like you know the world is gonna tell you that that right, sex and drugs and partying is, is gonna make you happy right. but it won't it's gonna make you feel sad and empty right. and so they're just like okay and it's like hey guess what like sex and like smoking weed would be pretty fucking great <laughs> but andrew uh, what happened to that little boy i knew who would never say <laughs> such things um, um that little boy became a man 
<laughs> yeah, and this little girl that this guy's like, what happened to you? Used to be beautiful <laughs> is a woman and can do whatever she wants. Yeah, um, and she doesn't need you telling her how to uh, deal with her sexual and bodily autonomy and like, especially like her uh, medical and healthcare choices definitely doesn't need your opinion or input <laughs> on that. I'm just imagining like this guy seeing like a neighbor who is maybe a few years younger, like out at a bar and just being like, what happened to that little girl I knew? And her being like, all right, guy. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> that whole thing of like, well, what life, what seems like fun in the eyes of mainstream culture always reminds me of uh, when I was at the Billy Graham crusade, which is a phrase you can say. Um, I always remember him saying he was like citing celebrities who had said like, even with all their fame and glory, they're still like empty. Uh, he was like Trent Reznor of the nine inch nails <laughs> said, I still feel so lonely or whatever. And I was just like, all right, Billy Graham talking about Trent Reznor. Anyway. Um, that's all I got to say about fun for now. Well, I'm sure Trent Reznor is feeling pretty good with his Academy Award, though. Hey, keep him coming. Boy, that score yeah. rules. Our, uh, our boys, uh, Trent Reznor and John Baptiste, um, mm. crushing it. That's That was not a, a collab <laughs> that I would have no. expected. And yet, good album. Here, here we are. Uh, John Baptiste is, he's a guy who just, to me, uh, is just he just seems like joy personified yeah totally. he, he's just so he just he's like a he's just luminescent he just anytime um you know he's for those who don't know john baptiste you know he did the he did the uh score um won the academy award um soul uh, so for soul yeah for soul and um he's also the band leader for Stephen Colbert. Uh, the, he has a band called uh, Stay Human. And he also released a solo piano jazz album last year. And he's just just straight crushing it. But uh, That's why we're happy to announce that uh, season four will be John <laughs> Pottiste. Um, yeah. <laughs> look forward to that. Stay potting. Yep. Um, there you go. Yeah, that's terrible but he's just uh he just seems so happy and he's got those uh he's got those nolans roots mm. just what a what a cool dude yep cool dude all right uh moving back to value pack mm. ballad So in another song, he um, he took on the pr uh, perspective of an aborted fetus. This is a uh, seems to be yep about 
him taking the perspective of Jesus. Jesus himself. <laughs> yeah. I I can kind of get on board with this idea thematically um, of like, you know, told from the, spec per the perspective of Jesus kind of saying like, you people who say you follow me are like Judas or Peter and that you betray me or deny me by not doing more for one another or judging each other. Interesting. Um, An interesting perspective coming from all the songs before this one. right yeah it and and i appreciate that he that the examples that they give of what might make jesus mad i think are correct <laughs> it's like hey i told you to do more for the least of these hey i told you not to judge each other yeah. so perhaps it's a, a finger pointing song in that sense uh but um yeah, this is kind of the opposite of most of the songs where I find it musically kind of boring, but I kind of like yeah. the theme of it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is not the most inspired song musically. No. I like the I like the idea though. Yeah. I I can appreciate I can appreciate that. Um but the the overall song is uh kind of boring. Yeah. Um and uh I don't really understand the song title either. I don't know. I guess it's a slower song, so it's a ballad. I don't know. <laughs> That's all I got. It's about it's a ballad about Jesus being pissed at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love a Jesus written ballad. Jesus didn't <laughs> do enough ballads in his parables. Maybe some of his yeah. parables were like country songs. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's uh, you know Jesus is uh, he's behind a grand piano. <laughs> Single spotlight on a stage. This one's or, for or, this my old, old school followers. <laughs> I don't know. This is a, yeah, this one goes way back. <laughs> I, haven't, uh, I haven't played this one in a long time, but. Uh, oh, man. It's an oldie but a goodie. <laughs> oh, boy. Good times. Um, yep. Uh, loner. There's a blonde hair, blue white girl. I'd like to know what she. <laughs> not off to a great start sorry no. <laughs> i'd like to know like what's happening with the with the vocals all of a sudden i don't know is somebody else singing it somebody might be somebody else i, I don't know there's a blonde haired blue eyed girl <laughs> yeah first I'd time like i listened to it's just like oh okay interesting this is a choice all right let's start again <laughs> there's a blonde haired blue eyed girl i'd like to know but she won't even give me the time of day I don't know what it is that's so wrong with me, but the ladies just don't look my way. So let me think about the reasons of my bed. Is it because I'm so unattractive? Maybe if I play the sport or name it to the top, all the ladies would stand. Reality. 
That's an interesting one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <clears throat> I I I wrote I wrote very uh, similar songs when I was in high school. That, yeah. You know, big big incel energy that I. <laughs> <laughs> that I yeah. that I had, even though I wasn't trying to get laid in high school, I still gave off that like, oh man, girls they just won't give me a chance. Right. It's like I'm just such a like, what's wrong? Like, don't go, girls don't like the nice guys. I'm a nice guy. Yeah, I what I have in my notes is verging on I'm a nice guy. Why won't girls date me? <laughs> and I was certainly guilty of thinking this way too in high school, yeah. <laughs> which is uh, what you're saying about both of those things and what we covered in our recent stretch of episodes as well i mean i think it's a very teenage male thing to think which yeah. as we broke down is not okay right. <laughs> um you shouldn't be thinking you're entitled to these girls who won't date you um but i will say it's interesting i mean the choruses were ugly so ugly so i already <laughs> feel like a little bit tug-in-cheek and like not I I hope so. I hope so. But then what's nice though they're not, is it, they're not terrible looking guys. No, but it changes halfway through and it becomes more positive. They're like they literally say, like, hey, wait a minute. And then they change it to he's so pretty, uh, singing about Ryan. Um, when they'd been singing we're so ugly, and now it's he's so pretty, and then it becomes more positive. So I, I don't know. I kind of like it <laughs> like changes course midway through and it's like, wait a second, we're not so bad. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah it's, it's a it's an okay one it's yeah um the the start of the song though is yeah. shocking to me there's a blonde haired <laughs> white girl i'd like to know yeah i think they're it's, going it's got, for comical you know it's got it's got like calibretto vibes yes right it and it's got a southern california accent so like like to know <laughs> um but yeah, I think it's supposed to be funny where it's like starts so out this unattractive. Like, <laughs> um <laughs> with this like, oh, this is a sincere ballad, and then you know, explodes into a different kind of sound. <laughs> um but I would have liked it if he would have gone the 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 Rancity Tim Armstrong approach to the beginning and been like, it's a blooded blue eye girl, or whatever. That would have been better. I'd like to know. <laughs> um yep. Uh, so, one more song. One more song. And? And, yes. An opportunity to visit Jay's Theology Corner. Indeed. So, let's listen to the closing track, Brethren, and then visit that, that corner. Mm. <laughs> John, we got to get to Jay's Theology Corner 
to talk about the song, about eschatology, about judgment, mm. and a whole host of other things. Yes. John, today on the pod, we welcome back Dr. Jay Phelan um, for the popular segment, Jay's Theology Corner. He is uh, Emeritus President and Dean of North Park Theological Seminary, where he taught New Testament for 25 years. He is a pastor, educator, communicator, and writer. He's been published in magazines. He has uh, two books out um, essential eschatology and his new book, Separated Siblings and Evangelical Understanding of Jews and Judaism, which came out uh, last year. Um, but we're having him on today to talk about a little eschatology because we need to break down a little bit the value pack song, Brethren. So, Dad, welcome back to Magnified Pod. Hey, it's great to be here. Looking forward to it. So last time we had you on, we were breaking down some atonement theory in a dogwood song. And this time we, uh, in looking at some of the lyrics in this song, Brethren by Value Pack, um, it seemed that there there's a it's a it's kind of a mess of ideas <laughs> um as we were discussing it's kind of hard to tell what what they're talking about but there is some references in the lyrics we are the ones chosen generation royal priesthood persecuted holy nation um Yikes. yeah yep uh it's a it's a bummer um but the part that is interesting to me is um time is running out we're living for the now the end is near look out it won't be long well death could never part because that's where we start life begins up there don't you know which uh sounds very minnesotan well life begins <laughs> up there don't you know you but, bet yo you betcha oh let me just uh squeeze past you there to to get up heaven to, there to, and uh, look uh, down on you in hell there oh. <laughs> So um, I wanted to get your, your thoughts on some of this, the language and the ideas in that's going on in this song. And also maybe a broader idea of different eschatology concepts that maybe people aren't entirely familiar with, because that was some of the feedback we got was, uh, was that your breakdown of different kinds of atonement and a different way of looking at atonement was not something that many people grew up hearing or even have been taught as adults? Well, I, I really think you need to start with, with a fundamental misunderstanding I think we have of the notion of judgment. Because under underneath all of this is this notion of judgment, right? That uh, uh, what I would call the Santa Claus is coming to town theory of eschatology, 
you know, uh, making a list, just checking it twice, going to find out who's naughty and nice. And, uh, uh, and so the, the, the notion of Santa Claus com coming to town becomes a rather negative one. And I think the, the whole idea of God's coming in judgment uh, is rather like that. You know, Santa Claus is coming. And in this case, it's God. And uh, if you've been bad, well, you're going to get a whole lot worse than coal in your stocking. Um, and I just think that's a fundamentalist misunderstanding of the nature, nature of prophecy and the nature of, of judgment. One of the things, if you read particularly the Old Testament, is you have in the Psalms, go read almost any of the Psalms. They're always calling out for judgment and justice. Uh, they're not afraid of it. They want it. They're looking forward to it. Um, because for them, a judge is not someone who hands down a sentence, who sends somebody to prison or punishes somebody. A judge is someone who sets things right. Hmm. Uh, something has gone wrong. Uh, uh, there is a, a problem. Uh, you've been defrauded. You've been mistreated. You've been oppressed. And the judge comes uh, to set things right. Uh, not simply to punish, not simply to hand down uh, a sentence. Uh, and they thought of judgment more in, in the sphere of, of, of the rights of the oppressed. Uh, and we have often thought about it in, in terms of the punishment of the sinful. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think those, that perspective of, of thinking God is not coming as Santa Claus to punish you because you wouldn't good or you weren't good. God is coming to a world that's broken to set it right. That's the idea. Uh, and, and prophecy then um, is not saying this is what's bound to happen. This is what has to happen. Uh, but is rather warning. This is what could happen unless something changes. Um, and furthermore, these warnings are warnings uh, to get people to turn and go in a different direction, not saying you're doomed. There's not a thing you can do about it. You're already damned and you're going to be punished. Think about the story of Jonah for a minute. Uh, you're, you remember a very familiar story. Mm -hmm. uh, Jonah is told by God, go to Nineveh. This is the Assyrian Empire. They're great en enemies. Go to Nineveh, uh, tell them 40 days and Nineveh is going to be destroyed. And what does Jonah do? I mean, he gets in a boat and goes in the opposite direction. Well, why does he do that? I remember as a kid, I used to think Jonah wouldn't go because he was afraid. Uh, but Jonah wasn't afraid to preach in Nineveh. Jonah was afraid if he went and preached in Nineveh, God was so generous that he would forgive them if they repented. And they were his enemies. He wanted them destroyed. Hmm. And so you know, Jonah ends up being belched out on the beach in, in Nineveh, and he goes and preaches, and as a matter of fact, they repent, and God changes his mind about punishing them. And um, so what does Jonah does? He goes and pouts, you know, because Nineveh wasn't destroyed. Well, the point of this is that, that this, this was not to call down doom and gloom, it was rather to get them to change direction. Uh, and it was a much more of a positive thing than a negative thing. But in particularly in the evangelical world, we have thought about prophecy as some 
rigidly established reality in the future that can't be changed and that God is, is some sort of great computer programmer in the sky who set things up and kind of uh, launched the world out and is watching it unroll as if it's some kind of a, a, you know, a movie or something, rather than God's interaction with people warning them about what could happen to individuals, to creation, if they keep going in a direct direction that's destructive. And to me, that's an act of grace. Sometime, go and read chapter 8 of the book of Revelation, where there is the, the, uh, the woes that are the trumpet woes. Read chapter 8 and tell me that you don't see global warming in there. Now, I'm not saying that the book of Revelation predicted global warming. That's not the point. But there is a warning there as to what happens uh, when people abuse creation. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the point of this is not for me to gloat because I'm one of the elect or because you sinners are going to get it in the neck, but because God's desire is for the world to be set right. And I think, as I said last time, and we're partners in that, uh, and the point of those texts is, is a warning, uh, not something to say, I'm one of the elect that's kind of standing outside of history, waiting for the end, waiting for the return of Christ or whatever, uh, and what I do doesn't matter. I mean, I, I grew up in a situation where I was taught in essence that the world is going to hell in a handcart and there's nothing I can do about it. Well, that's a lie. That's a lie. That's not true. Uh, the idea that that uh, all of this is inevitable and human destruction and human misery is inevitable uh, is a lie uh, and uh, a violation of our essential call to participate in the acts of justice that bring about the end of oppression and, and the just treatment of people. Uh, so, I, you know, I can say more about that, but, but just to, to set that in context, I think we need to begin at the beginning when we think about what, what our, our thoughts about the future are, rather than, uh, you know, imagining that somehow um, it's inevitable, we can't do anything about it, uh, and we can't make any changes, in the same way that it's ludicrous to imagine uh, that God has selected certain people for salvation and certain people for damnation. It's ludicrous to imagine that God has uh, uh, selected, in some sense, uh, the world for utter destruction, and, and we are simply passive bystanders in this, rather than active participants in seeking to bring about God's justice. So some of what I read in those lyrics and I'm like you guys, I'm not quite sure I understand what they're getting at, suggests to me that kind of almost gloating, you know, we're the select ones mm-hmm. and, and you guys aren't, and, and we're going to start living up there. Uh, and I assume that means heaven, uh, but, but that's another problem that we could maybe talk about a little bit later. But I'll stop there and, and let you see if you have any questions about what I've said so far. Well, yeah, this kind of um, 
part of what you were saying about the whole Jonah Nineveh thing reminded me of what you you told me yesterday about um, uh, your your former uh, colleague and friend Jackson. Um, may she rest in peace. Um, who used to say that you told me she said, uh, uh, grace for me, judgment for everybody else. Yeah, that, that, she, that was her, she would joke about that. Yeah. And she would come in and she would say to me, explain that grace thing to me again. <laughs> you know, the idea of God's generosity, uh, because uh, Jackson had a, uh, a highly developed sense of justice. And she thought there were some people that absolutely <laughs> deserved, uh, uh, you know, uh, to to get to get justice. Uh, and I would say, yes, absolutely, they do. Uh, but that's the whole point of grace and the generosity of God uh, to free people from the implications of their own stupidity. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, and there are plenty of people who I think. Uh, are, are disappointed. Um, I, I had a colleague one time um, who uh, heard of some, who heard of a a, a man who was going to be executed for for the murder of a number of young women, who made a last minute conversion, and he was really mad, you know, because this guy had been converted. At, shortly before he was executed. And it struck my colleague as unfair, you know, that maybe he killed these girls and, and some of them went to hell uh, and, and he repents at the last minute and, you know, ends up in heaven or something. Um, so the idea that, that uh, uh, God can be generous as he was in the case of Nineveh, uh, is as displeasing to some people as it was to, to Jonah sitting there on the side of the hill uh, waiting for God to destroy Nineveh, and he didn't do it. Um, and, you know, it can be a, a, a sense of disappointment, not that God is gracious, but that uh, God isn't more uh, um, uh, judgmental, I guess you would say. It's funny to me that somebody could so easily forget this exact situation in the gospels of literally Jesus saying to the criminals on the, one of the criminals, like today you'll be with me in paradise. That's literally in the gospels, that exact scenario, just like, does the guy who's literally dying and, and from uh, capital punishment deserve to go to heaven? Well, the Christ thought so. So, I mean, it's again, grace for me, judgment for everybody else. And f- people feeling like, you know, uh, people are uh, abusing the system. It's like, I mean, it's God's system. I mean, why are you upset? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's, it's a, it's also like a very uh, simplistic idea of, of salvation that like, people making it a transactional thing you have to it's like it's all about saying the right words it's all about you know believing the right thing and then it's you get punishment or reward and that's that's again that's a that's a whole 
separate conversation about an understanding of uh, heaven and hell and how the church has painted the afterlife as a yeah, you should have me back sometime to talk about hell. I have all kinds of ideas about that. So we will book that right now in our brains. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, one thing I was thinking about as you were talking about the idea of some people saying some people deserve judgment. Um, what I'm struck by with a lot of these albums we're listening to written by largely white males when they were teenagers um, is this persecution complex idea um and saying uh what's the line in the song uh yeah persecuted holy nation um (laughs) identifying yourselves as being part of that i wonder is there is there something to the idea that um the marginalized find an eschatology of wanting justice for um you know living under an empire um, and those who are in power read an eschatology of since we're in power, we don't want to correct those things. We want to judge others. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, what, uh, uh, Luther called a, a theology of the cross versus a theology of glory. Right. And, and if you're part of the imperial system, if you're part of the winners of the world, uh, um, then you have a theology of glory, a theology of victory. And, um, and you also become hypersensitive to any suggestion of criticism uh, of, of yourself and your victory. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there are actually people who are persecuted for their faith in the world, mm-hmm. but I don't think there are very many of them that are persecuted for their faith uh, uh, in in Christian churches in the United States, there are some. Uh, there, there was a Muslim mosque that was, uh, um, um, you know, effaced up in Moorhead, Minnesota this week. Hmm. Uh, we've had several shootings in synagogues, um, and uh, the minor sorts of irritations that some Christians have been subjected to. Um, um, are so trivial in comparison to the actual persecution that people experience mm-hmm. uh, that it's, it's patently absurd to talk about being persecuted. I, some, far too often, people claim they're persecuted and people simply disagree with them. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're not persecuted if I disagree with you. I'm not persecuted if you disagree with me, you know. Uh, if you have a case that you want to argue and you don't think I'm right, that's not persecution. Uh, that's that's uh, part of what we do as human beings. We try to persuade each other. You know, if 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 your candidate wins and my candidate loses, that's not persecution. I may be disappointed and angry, but I've not been persecuted. Uh, but it seems to me that uh, uh, far too many Christians in the evangelical world, in particular, have a very low threshold of persecution. You know, and and the whole idea, uh, you know, that somebody gets their nose all been out of shape because someone says Black Lives Matter, and that's somehow an affront to them because they're not black. Uh, I mean, that's a uh, that's a person in a position of power speaking out of their fear, mm. 
that somebody is taking something away from them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you're talking about, John, that that kind of notion of persecution, that a little bit of social power, a little bit of social capital has been drained away. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the most part in, in, the, in the Bible, and particularly when I was talking about the Psalms, you get a lot of literature of people who are actually oppressed. Mm-hmm. You know, and in, in, in many of the prophetic texts, they're talking to people who are in exile, who've had city destroyed, who've been carried off and, you know, seen their children slaughtered and so forth. And they're calling out for justice. You know, um, they, uh, um, they haven't been uh, denied the opportunity to, to gather at the flagpole and pray. You know, they've actually had their city destroyed. Right. So I think um, that persecution complex and the claiming of the sort of prophetic literature as a way of, of um, you know, getting even. Well, and let me say one other thing. Um, one of the other problems with a lot of this kind of thinking is that it's focused on what uh, N.T. Wright, the well-known New Testament scholar, calls going to heaven when you die. And, and that's not the principal goal of the New Testament. Uh, I hate to tell you, but the goal of the New Testament is not to make sure that people go to heaven when they die. It's simply not. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, the destiny of human beings in the New Testament uh, is not the immortality of the soul, but the resurrection of the body in the new heavens and the new earth. It's an earthly destiny, not some deracinated existence and uh, you know, in, in the sky with with robes and and you know the streets of gold that are talked about are not are, are not uh, um, heaven in heaven. Those are the that's the heavenly Jerusalem that comes down out of heaven to earth. Hmm. Uh, the point of the of the of of the Bible is not that we go to heaven, but heaven comes to us. That God comes to earth and makes. His dwelling place with humanity. Uh, and William, the, the, William Blake talked about the wedding of heaven and hell, and uh, C.S. Lewis talks about the uh, the wedding of heaven and earth, and uh, um, the whole thing that we're driving to, eschatologically speaking, is the renewal and recapitulation of the earth, uh, not getting everybody into heaven. Um, uh, a lot of our notions of of heaven and hell in the afterlife uh, uh, come from uh, Dante and Emmanuel Swedenborg, not from the New Testament, um, which says very little about the dwelling place of God. In fact, almost nothing. Um, so those, those kind of things which separate heaven and earth, uh, separate uh, people from one another into camps, uh, and, and separate the notion of justice and the notion of punishment, uh, I think are, have made our understanding of Christian eschatology, again, within the evangelical world, uh, um, significantly distorted. Uh, and in the wider Christian world, um, you know, people don't know much about eschatology at all. So, uh, uh, why I tried to, to write a little book about it uh, to help people uh, grasp some of the essential truths, but also 
avoid some of the idiocy that's out there um, that is uh, damaging the way we think about the world and about God. Yeah, I do think it's damaging because when you reduce someone's entire existence to making sure that they repeat one particular sentence um, and then you also couple that with uh, this the notion of of some sort of divine punishment by way of eternal torture that is not uncommon in evangelicalism the uh the ramifications of that where it's just like let's uh you know when you when you talk about the that the great commission being you know summed up in just like make sure everybody says these words so they go to heaven like that's like that's what it's summed up to be that's what the great commission has become just making sure everybody goes to heaven that just seems sort of a disservice to what christians are called to do and what the gospels were calling christians to do yeah the great commission doesn't say make adherence it said uh, make disciples form people who are learners and growers who follow the way of jesus um and you know um the, the, word, the word believe, as is well known, has often uh, turned into an idea of assent and assert the right things rather than entrust yourself to, um, mm-hmm. which is, which is the, the more accurate way to think about that, uh, to entrust yourself to someone. Uh, the, to have faith is, is not a... a, a is not a quantifiable notion um, of, you know, which people often seem to think it is if I had enough faith. Uh, Rather, it is a a fairly simple idea of entrusting yourself uh, into the, and in this case, into the hands of God, um, and uh, not based upon uh, understanding accurately or saying uh, exactly what it is you're supposed to say. Uh, and as you were saying, Andrew, I think one of the distortions of, of Christian faith is to imagine that somehow it requires a formulaic response. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but um, what it requires is uh, trust. Uh, what it requires is love. Um, and it's out of that trust and love that you want to follow the way of Jesus uh, not because you're terrified about what might happen to you, uh, but because you think that this is a way uh, that you can participate in the the restoration of the world to its uh, original state, to the recapitulation of everything in God. Uh, And that's, to me, a much more wholesome and worthwhile. Um, I mean, I... I can say the creeds um, not because I think that uh, everything that those fourth century fathers put in Greek philosophical terms uh, 
um, is, is somehow easily translatable into our current way of thinking about reality, but because I know what they were trying to say. And, and I can say them because I know what they were trying to say about God, uh, about Jesus, about the resurrection. And, um, uh, and I don't think I have to be right to love God. Um, because I look at the history of Christianity and I look at the myriads of people who think they're right about a lot of things. And, and if I have to be right to be, to be loved by God and to be shown God's grace, I'm in deep trouble, very deep trouble, because I, I'm sure there are a whole lot of things that I'm not right about. Uh, you know, I think I'm right about a lot of things. But I'm pretty sure I'm wrong about a whole bunch of things. And, and if being right is the only way I can be pleasing to God, I'm screwed, you know? And I, I think if figuring out how to love God to the extent that I can and to love my neighbor and the, to the extent that I can and trust in this work that we do together uh, to bring about justice and love and peace in this world, um, and I do that because I'm trying to follow Jesus, well, you know, some days that's the best I can do. Hmm. And, and, but if, but if I can only be saved, if I'm right, um, you know, I'm in really deep trouble. And so is everybody else. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Because you look at a history and how many of the saints have been wrong about all kinds of things. And I'm sure that people are going to look back on our generation and your generation and say, how in the world could they think that, you know? Yeah. And, but, but that's not what it's about. Um, you know, trust, faith, love, not about being right. And, and, I, and I don't mean to say that it doesn't matter that we don't um, and study and reflect and engage, and, but that we sit loose to it. Uh, because the best thing I ever say about God is always going to be wrong. Yeah. Because I'm a human being with all the human frailties, and I speak with God. I speak of God with these fragile things we call words. Out of my own experience, I, and I'm speaking of the high and holy. You know, I, uh, the, the best I can do is always going to be wrong. But that's okay, because the point is not being right. Uh, it's trusting. Uh, it's loving. It's hoping, uh, and it's pursuing justice, and and um, those are the things that are critical. Those are the things that Jesus was actually interested in, um, and you know, living toward the kingdom of God, as I talked about last time. So it sounds like humility over orthodoxy is kind of. I mean, because like when I think about orthodoxy and like this sort of right thinking like that there is like because it's almost like by definition it's like the concrete way of and the correct way and the only way to operate 
and believe and to think about one thing and creeds and orthodox you know practices like how do how do you how does one move away from that sort of rigidity to get to a place of kind of what you're saying like is is a good step saying maybe i'm wrong maybe i don't know everything that might be a start <laughs> <laughs> you know i and, and don't hear me saying that it doesn't matter what you think or it, you know it's all no i don't i don't i don't hear you saying that that's not the point at all it's just that and, and the pursuit of truth and the pursuit of understanding i mean I, i'm an academic that's profoundly important to me but I, as you use the word humility andrew and I think it, it's critically important that we also recognize, um, I had a call the other day from my Jewish rabbi friend and he, he had, in, had encountered some Christians that he really didn't know much about. And he wanted to talk to me about the holiness movement, the late 19th century movement, uh, that, you know, the Westlands and Nazarenes, that, that whole group uh, that essentially came from John Wesley, uh, but, you know, that was a seedbed of the Pentecostal movement as well. So we talked about that for a while, and, and he, he paused, and he said, you know, you Christians need to agree on a 500-year moratorium on starting new denominations. <laughs> and um, I, I know what he meant, but you see, that's, that's the issue. When we get to the point where uh, I can't have anything to do with you anymore because I don't agree with you. Then we, you know, at particularly in Protestantism, we have to start another denomination because we can't tolerate. Or if the group says you can't have anything to do with us because you don't agree with us, and they kick us out and they kick you out, well, then you know that that's the other side of it, and both both things happen. Um, and to be able to, to live together in tension and love uh, is not something we've done very well. Um, and, um, and we could all cite examples of that and, and uh, regrettable uh, ways in which people have not been able to live with difference. And of course, you know, that's not just a Christian problem. That's a, that's a human problem that we're seeing uh, manifested, you know, in the more secular settings in our country as well, the political settings, that the intolerance of difference uh, where our opponents become our enemies uh, is one of the great curses of uh, contemporary culture. Hmm. Um, and tragically, just as manifest in, in the church as it is in the wider society. I've wandered from the topic of eschatology. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. I feel like, as usual, Jay, you have taken a piece of text we're looking at with a narrow scope and uh, expanded it and deepened it to something uh, I can I can really sink my teeth into. So thank you for <laughs> helping us look at it in a, in a way that might uh, actually be helpful for people rather than just a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if you if your uh, listeners are interested, my my book is still on Amazon. I was telling Andrew right now it's ranked nine hundred and sixty three thousand. So uh, uh, 
a couple of more copies might help me out there. So, <laughs> yes, yeah. everybody should go uh, check out um, Dr. J. Phelan's books. On, uh, I mean, don't really want to send everybody to Amazon. I mean, maybe some people can find a. I don't know if they can find your books at the. Well, the essential eschatology you get through university okay uh, yeah. you can get the other one so you can get it through the publisher okay. um, I, I wanted to name essential eschatology all things new mm. uh, but uh, university wanted to uh, title it they uh, somebody could find on the uh i think you can also find it at christian book distributors as well there are a number of places besides amazon that you can find it good sure. And I, yeah, I'd prefer you find it somewhere else, but yes. Um, you can also follow him at Rev JP on Twitter. Um, always the hottest takes. <laughs> a good follow. A good follow. Good follow. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, we uh, hope to have you back to break down other complex theological ideas in the future. Um, so thanks again for, for joining us today. All right. My pleasure, guys. Thanks, Jay. All right. Well, thanks to my dad. Yes. Dr. Jay Phelan. Yes. For once again, coming on the pod for our recurring segment, Jay Skelogy Corner. He'll be back uh, for hell, baby. <laughs> 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 there's some song about hell coming up when we when we cover squirrel nut zippers <laughs> oh yeah Ooh, that'd be great season <laughs> um yes thank you very much to jay for his thoughts always helpful um as far as the song itself musically i think it's kind of fun it is fun. um another song that i'm like oh the song is great <laughs> right exactly <laughs> ruined by the bummer lyrics yeah it, i like the vocals you know he really goes up there uh before the chorus it sounds great um yeah. some different vocal parts in the chorus They're like na 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 in the background yeah um the gang vocals at the end yeah. um i'm into the song uh you know <laughs> to your dad's point a little bit tough to parse exactly what's happening here but you know i don't think there's any mistaking uh persecuted holy nation and life begins up there so yeah um not my favorite ending (laughs) (laughs) i love how many of these bands of like teenage boys (laughs) ends with like just chaos yeah ridiculous sounds and voices and stuff (laughs) I'm into it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if anything beats uh, "Destroy the uh, Moon," <laughs> "Blow It Out of the Sky." <laughs> That's an all-timer. Yeah, me and my sister used to sit on bookshelves. Oh my! <laughs> um, MXPX. <laughs> yeah. Let's so, October. It's kind of a fun ending, I guess. After all that, yeah, we, let's, listen like, those, let's listen to some of those gang folks, though. Yeah. I mean, pretty great. Yeah. Uh, it sucks. 
<laughs> like <laughs> the song is so great and, and like sunny christian it's so great and yeah. it's just yeah. like uh final request also <laughs> so great yeah i know <laughs> stop it yeah i mean I, it, here's what i'll say yeah some of these lyrics a lot of these lyrics tough but it is not a slog to get through like it's a yeah. fun album so that goes a long way i mean i could put this on and not pay attention exactly not, i not, did <laughs> yeah i didn't really it wasn't until i like really sat and read the lyrics that i really parsed some of this i think you could definitely have it on just have a good time with it um so yeah i, I you know exactly as they would not want me to be i'm lukewarm on this album <laughs> <laughs> um i think there's there's some great stuff here i really like the overall vibe and sound and the most problematic stuff among it is limited to this record um yeah in their discography and i think we'll have a lot more fun next yeah. week <laughs> you know i'll tell you this right now john uh next record i won't be mm -hmm. lukewarm i'm it's i'm gonna be hot talking jalapeno Ooh, that's right that was good I mean, that was nice a good transition and, nice and spicy oh yeah you know i like it um so get ready you know for how that john likes it him and his teenage fingies <laughs> keep <laughs> i don't even know how to respond to that <laughs> i don't know either it doesn't make any sense um, i like it though um <laughs> yeah don't get the jalapeno directly on your fingies and then touch your eye that's the worst uh miss, um, well if you're if you got them on your teenage fingers you're not gonna be touching your eye bro <laughs> that's, that's true you don't want that either um even but <laughs> in the meantime, let us know what you think about the self-titled record on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Magnified Pod. Subscribe to the pod if you haven't yet already and give us a rating or review. And Andrew, we put out the call to MagPod Nation to leave a couple more reviews for us. And in fact, mm. some folks did. So Ooh, I will shit. read a couple now. Get our buddy, the Rudy Librarian. Yeah. Subject... Better than a pack of testaments and a chick track combined. <laughs> it's high, uh, praise. High, praise. <laughs> yeah, high praise. Did you grow up in the evangelical Christian rock scene? Do you know all of the words to Big House by Audio Adrenaline and had 14 colors of WWJD bracelets? Do you wear Jinkos and Ska Band Ringer? What in the world are you doing answering all these questions? This is a written review. I can't even hear you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but before you go, you should probably subscribe to this podcast because it is pretty fun and these guys are pretty fun and Starbursts are pretty fun. Magpod for life, five stars. <laughs> That's great. Uh Jason. <laughs> yes, all the air horns for Brian, aka Rudy Librarian. Our buddy Jason in LA, who we heard from earlier, the LAFC Punk subject. These guys know it all in a good way. Have you ever been to a show and you're in line for the show or standing waiting for the next band to play and you hear those two dudes talking who know more about the band than the band probably knows about themselves? Well, this podcast are those two guys. All kidding. John and Andrew do an outstanding job breaking down albums of your favorite bands and talk about other things as well. What things you ask? Well, listen to find out. Five stars. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> Aaron's for you as well. Uh, we really appreciate it, guys. The ratings and the reviews uh, help people find us. So please continue to give us silly reviews and we will read them on the pod. Uh, you can also email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763, 8727-MAGPOD. Support us over at the Patreon, patreon.com slash magnifiedpod, where this week we're going to break down some Falcon and Winter Soldier, yeah, some Marvel are. talk, get in there, no spoilies. Yeah. Well, 
there will be some spoilies. There will be spoilies in the Patreon, but I'm saying now we're not going to. No gonna... spoilies now, but like <laughs> we're just saying that when if you're coming over to the Patreon. Yeah, get ready. Uh, get ready for some spoilies. And, uh, you know, if you haven't watched it yet, get your shit together. <laughs> Go watch Falcon and Winter Soldier. Absolutely. Thanks to Shadow Producer Jason at Unoriginal Vinyl. And thanks to Heavy Ordnance Studios for our artwork. Well, our time in the penalty box is over for this week. We'll be back out on the ice next week when we'll cover Value Packs, Jalapeno. Absolute chaos. For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.